So, you think we're listenable? Pod life. This is basic pod anomics. This is the basic pod anomics. Pod life. We're listenable. I'm forcing you to hear me. Pod life. This is but but basic pod pod basic pod anomics. Pod life. We're listenable. I'm forcing you to hear me. I hope you enjoyed that terrible rendition of John Thena's uh thugonomics but uh what's up shot shooters and welcome to the holy shoot podcast a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling coming up on today's episode uh we'll be reviewing elimination chamber 2019 uh from captain planet saving the world wrestling entertainment championship for himself to a new day for new day member kofi kingston speaking of new days sasha banks and bailey boss their way to becoming women's tag team champions and also the usos lock up their umpteenth tag titles whilst Lashley commits what Elias would call an act of child abuse on Leo Rush after losing his Intercontinental Championship. This and much more later in the show. But first, I must introduce my cohorts, or should I politely say my co-hosts. Joining me today are Jason and Chen, and I am your host, Broderick, or more commonly known as Brod round these parts. What's up, guys? Good day, one and all. It is I, Jason. I'm good. Hey guys, it's Chen. I'm happy to be here again, ready to record, uh, review, sorry, Elimination Chamber. You, you sound very enthusiastic, Chen. Well, you know, I have better things to do, like Kingdom Hearts to play. So can we get this going, please? Fucking douche. I mean, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay, we could publicly fire you right now. <laughs> Shall we fire him, Jason? Shall we just fire him for the rest of the pod? Let's wait, because we what, need to... What did I do? Wait, this is like when Corey Graves told his ex-wife, don't tweet, <laughs> WWE will sue you. <laughs> oh, oh, we need to hold on to Chen for this show, because we've got some fun coming up with two of his favourites in the pay-per-view review, so we definitely need him for that. Oh, yeah. Okay, Chen, Chen you survived this week. Chen, you survive. So, I am good though. A good weekend of wrestling fun for me. I was at the high stakes show, the Rev, show, Rev Pro show on Friday with Osprey oh, yeah. versus Pac. Um, yeah. I, I checked, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll send you guys some photos. Um, we're, the group of the WWO guys that attended are all over it when there's a big crop fight in the crowd and the guys come out to where we were standing. So, we're all over the Rev Pro pay per view, uh, like about an hour or so into it. So, that's funny to see. And then, yeah, the big meet-up for the Elimination Chamber was fun. We had, like, 30 people watching that together. So, it's been a good wrestling weekend. Very good wrestling weekend, indeed. I am pretty yeah. envious that you got to see uh, Will Ospreay versus Pac uh, up close and uh, mm, personal. Mm. It was a fun show. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I fought Will Ospreay in the dark match because, you know, we, I had to defend my belt against him, but I won at the last show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had that match. Yeah. I won. Yeah, the never open weight championship is yeah, de- I, definitely on you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I you know, it wasn't taped to cameras, of course, so it'd be hard to like you know find documented proof. But I beat him with a shooting star press. Yeah, I, I thought you, were, I thought your finish was a four fifty, but never mind. I mix it up sometimes, you know. <laughs> anyway, that was a uh, what we call the general banter segment on our script notes a little behind the scenes action there for you ladies and gentlemen but anyway before we preview the elimination chamber pay-per-view jason myself and um chan unfortunately we'll be talking about some of the major talking points in this week's news So, the news. Let's start with WWE's Hall of Fame, as Degeneration X are the first to be announced to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Triple H made the announcement on Monday Night Raw, stating he, Shawn Michaels, X-Park, Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, Jesse James, and most surprisingly of all, China, will be inducted as a group. First of all, this is great as China gets in, and this has been a personal bugbear of mine, uh, calling back to one of the early running dishonors we did. But what I want to know, gentlemen, is your thoughts on this announcement. 
Um, I see this being the headline act, unless they come up with something really big. I'd still like to see China go in on her own rather than as a group, but still great that this is a chance for her to be in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think she'll ever go in solo. And this is just a way to... She deserves to be in there, don't get yep. me wrong, but I still remember what Triple H said on the Austin podcast about China being inducted to the Hall of Fame. And when they do do the Hall of Fame, I think they'll just briefly go over China's career, just briefly, but they'll talk about the other members mostly. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it now, Triple H going, well, you know, I'm Triple H, uh, and I was the one who helped create D-Generation X uh, with only Shawn Michaels, uh, not China. Uh. Anyway, let's talk about the other five members, uh, but mostly about Triple H. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I just really wanted to do that. Um, the interesting and that's one is the thing. Billy do you Gunn. think uh, will, will Billy Gunn be there? Yeah, I think yeah, he'll be there. Even that's though he's signed AEW, uh, he'll be there. He's not like a competing wrestler. Yeah, he's not. Ta- he's a backstage producer, so I'd imagine he'll be able to be there. And they're not, they're not going to be like dicks about it. So mm, it, it depends what Vince wants at the end of the day. I know, like Triple H and kind of looks after the Hall of Fame these days judging by the way he got like the likes of Bruno Sammartino inducted in everything but it, it wouldn't surprise me um, if Vince and, goes oh god damn it I don't want that Billy Gunn in my organisation at the end of the day Billy Gunn got fired he was part of the NXT coaching staff and he got fired so he needs a job everyone needs to work Yeah, and it's not like they were offering him a job to come back were they and he no, turned not, them down I know no, I don't know either. Oh, well. Um, but but yeah. Is this the headline act or do you reckon there's something bigger? I mean, the only other rumour I've heard is a Heart Foundation. So I think they might have wanted something bigger. Uh, I think they might have wanted a Rock or Undertaker, but who knows what's happening with that. So I, I suspect that this is the the headline. And usually Jason. the first, first act announced is a headline. Jason, use your head. Do you really think Triple H is going to let someone else overshadow him on any well, I just, stage? Yeah, I just, I just okay. wonder, unless, unless Triple H is like the main event. <laughs> I'd imagine this means it's not going to be like The Rock or Take or anyone else. No. Yeah, this is like... And also, you this think is, Triple H will allow that? It's also, you want a, it's good to have a fun headline. And these guys can talk for a bit. it be like, you know, I'm sure there'll be some good jokes and stories told. So it seems like a good choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not going to it, no matter what. And no, I'm going to sit through that. I'd rather just, you know, get drunk on a curb somewhere in Brooklyn rather than rather... Do you think they'll both talk about Triple H and Shawn Michaels when they reformed in, like, 2005, 2006, or whenever it was? 2006. Yeah. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, you know, it's Triple H. It's going to go on for half an hour. Like, he's (laughs) going to cut a long promo, evolution style. You know... I'm Triple H. Rod, I'm already bored of your impressions. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't see you bringing anything to the table, Jason. Yeah, Just I don't. You... I, I prefer not to do terrible impressions on the pod. Well, you know, I want All to, right. so I don't care. Let's just uh, move on then. Uh, me, me, and, me and Jason are going to have a fight after this. Uh, anyway, in the very same promo, Triple H uh, made an announcement calling up four NXT superstars to Raw this week. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, NXT North American champion Johnny Gargano, as well as Alistair Black and Ricochet, all appeared on the red brand with Black beating Elias. Uh, Ricochet won in a tag match alongside Finn Balor and the reunion of DIY. And all i got to say is DIY. Are these guys permanent, floating between both brands, or is this a one-off? Or and also, uh, if you've if you've had the opportunity to watch this, what did you guys think of the call-up? Shin, you go first. So, um, I saw all the matches. I was yep. really impressed with the. I really enjoyed the Ricochet match. Uh, the DIY match, obviously, I enjoyed as well. The Alistair Black match, for I kind of found boring i think in my head i expected them i expected it to be a squash match but i think that was like the least entertaining for me um yeah ricochet he was the most impressive in his debut as for is this permanent i don't know because i just think they're bringing these guys up because a lot of people's contracts are running out in may and 
they just want to establish as many stars as possible because I expect these guys to get called up in April after Mania anyway. But it makes me question why aren't they just pushing EC3 and, and Lars and everyone else they did promo packages since January. Why aren't they pushing them well, down off front? With, with, the, with the exception of Lars due to personal issues that he has at the moment. Yeah. Um, Fucking hell. I, I just don't. Words fail me on this call up. It was random. It was supposed. Apparently, this show was written together in the last minute. They wanted to think outside the box and they delivered this. This is a bad surprise. This is. This this ruins current NXT storylines. Uh, DIY. Gargano seemed reluctant to reunite with Tommaso Ciampa. And they just seem like, oh, yeah, we're pretty happy to unite and do this for NXT. What? In NXT, are there still four? Are someone who only tunes in for TakeOver, are them two still fighting against each other? Or are they, not put, are they just really, kept apart? Not really. They're kind of teasing the reunion. That's the thing. They're teasing it, but it's a slow build because it's NXT. And, yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, just a one-off. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, just wish these one-offs would happen on SmackDown. I mean, it is interesting that NXT has tapings on Wednesday, so who knows? They could actually just say, well, all four of them are called up to the main roster, but rubbish, yeah. rubbish it's, debut for DIY. That's, that's not Rico- Ricochet impressed. Alistair Black. Why did Elias get so much offense? Like, yeah, that's why I, I was surprised. Just, and putting them up against Elias is not a great way to showcase someone new. I thought also, this, I thought this call up was bad, really, really bad. B A D bad. To be clear, this is not a call up. This is a special, just one off. These guys I are not coming know. up. They're I, not. I would bet anything you want. These four are not all coming up to the main so roster right now. You don't take your two champs and just move them. Uh, Kevin, Owens, Kevin Owens was NXT champion when he got called up to the main roster. Sasha Banks was NXT women's champion when she was called up to the main roster. It can happen. And we'll get on to the next bit of news as well, which also features movement towards NXT from main roster. Um, so it, it can happen. And also, uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys seen this yet, but before every Raw and SmackDown uh, Kathy Kelly does a hit on the YouTube channel WWE Now and uh, it's basically five things to watch out for Smackdown and one of the things was possible NXT talent going to Smackdown as well but all I can think about is if you're going to call up four guys why can't it just be the Undisputed Era call them up like Nexus style and just put some energy into Raw there was no energy in all of these call ups it was a fucking generic promo to begin with and then they just have boring ass match after boring ass match after boring ass match you think Ricochet had a I disagree attack. I found the Ricochet match int- very oh, very no. good no, no, I, no, no, the no, DIY no, no. match no, I the didn't, DIY I... match shouldn't have happened because I was like the Revival just won the tag team tiles and then they lose straight away like okay. They shouldn't have booked that much in the first so, place. So, to clarify, DIY versus Revival was fine. I shouldn't have said boring. But it, it was fine. It was nothing special. And they shouldn't have reunited DIY for a fucking throwaway episode of Raw. Um, yeah, no, this is exceptionally bad booking. And bad booking for the Revival after winning the Raw tag titles. Ricochet is already put into some mediocre feud between Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley that I do not give a crap about. And I don't think many fans give a crap about. And oh yeah, Ricochet pinned Leo Rush, not Bobby Lashley. Which basically screams to me, oh Finn Balor's only good enough to pin Leo Rush. Ricochet's only good good enough to pin Leo Rush. They're only good enough to beat a manager. Not actually to beat someone legit like Bobby Lashley. You know, fucking hell. They couldn't have fucked this up more if they tried, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Ricochet actually was in a really entertaining match, and I don't have any issue with them pinning Leo Rush. It's so a I think boring can... ass tag match. That just to confirm, Rod, you, you were complaining everything was boring ass, but you've just now conceded the tag match for the Revival DIY was, was okay. Fine. And surely we're agreeing that the Ricochet Finn Balor no, tag match was no, good it's, as well. It's just watch. pointless booking. You. You call someone up to rejuvenate 
a Thalen Brown. You call someone up because they deserve it. It's one of those two things. They deserve it, but, you know, Raw needs rejuvenating. They need interesting storylines, and they just get put in. No storyline, no effort, last-minute writing, creatively inept. I'm not blaming these four guys, by the way. I'm not blaming these four guys at all. But when you have, especially with Champa and Jolly Gargano, two and a half years of storytelling thrown away for a lousy reunion on Raw, and it was lousy for their standards. Two of the very best in WWE. Two of the very best in professional wrestling. I can't believe I'm that angry about it, but I am. Rubbish. 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 I think you're just getting too worked up about a one-off event. It's just an exhibition match, I believe. That makes it even worse if it's an exhibition. Because it's not actually an exhibition then. You just said, right, we're going to reunite these these guys for a one-off episode, and that's it. Let's not do anything after that. Bother. So, when I was watching the Ricochet match, I was thinking all the members, apart from Lashley, came from NXT. And I was like... That should have been Apollo Crews in there. Just a very athletic version of Bobby Lashley. But Bobby Lashley has the more of a character than, obviously, Apollo Crews. Also, that Raw crowd was awful. They just didn't even seem to know who these NXT superstars were. Uh, That that crowd was a definition of dead. I think the only thing they chanted for was Becky, and she wasn't even on Raw. So, you know, make it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I could agree the crowd sucked. Uh, they should never go back to Lafayette, Louisiana. Punish them. Punish them forever. Okay, on to a lighter note. Um, because I don't want to take up too much time. Too late. But anyway, on Raw, we saw the announcement that the Women's Tag Team Championships would be cross-promotional. But not just Raw and SmackDown, but NXT too. Sasha Banks and Bailey on NXT. Are you excited? If they take on the Sky Pirates, hell yeah. It will happen. Chan? I'm happy, but at the same time, I just think, in a way, they're just going backwards to NXT. Like, I'd rather see them in main eventing, pay-per-views and stuff. Like, you know, we always say, if NXT supers get caught up and not being used, send them back to NXT. But I don't want that to be with Sasha and Bailey. That I mean, I mean, I'd rather stay on the main roster. They don't have enough talent Women. across yeah. two divisions to really justify a tag division, in my opinion. And that's why the I say they should make a women's show. They should make a women's uh, show dedicated the ta- to women. Tag titles, in my opinion, are an excuse for them to write easier storylines because they can't be bothered. They use titles to write lazy lazy storylines and they're like right we have two women feuding on raw we have two women feuding on smackdown we don't know what to do with the rest i don't know create tag titles i'm not against the tag titles it's just there's not enough talent across both shows for it at the moment in my opinion so you know uh but yeah anyway i think i'll wrap up the news join us after the break for our elimination chamber review This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. Elimination Chamber 2019 has now been and gone and was a more momentous show than I possibly thought. Without going into too much detail, what were your overall thoughts on the show, gentlemen? So I enjoyed this show quite a lot. It was really enjoyable. And what stood out for me is that I normally love the Royal Rumble, but that show dragged for me. It was quite a long show. It felt like a bit of a slog. Whereas this was just over three hours, the way shows meant to be. 
and it meant it just sort of went along really quick, zipped along, had a couple of really good matches on it. So yeah, I'm I'm up on this show. John? So normally with gimmick pay-per-views, I don't give a crap, but I always look forward to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And yeah, this year did not disappoint for me. I thought it was fine. That's all I have to say. So, uh, like our previous pay-per-view reviews, we'll go match by match and break down the action before giving our final thoughts, grades, etc. So, starting with the pre-show, we saw Buddy Murphy beat Akira Tozawa to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, did you guys catch this? I know you were busy uh, the, over the weekend, so I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to watch. Chen? No, and I, and I had time to watch it. I just didn't want to. My time went. My spare time went to Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Jason. Yeah, I'm afraid I was busy with work and also setting up and running the like WWL meetup for the event, so there was no time for the pre-show. Oh, uh, so so you had a valid excuse on like Chen. Hey, if, it, if it's not good enough to be on the main show for in Vince's eyes, why should I give a shit? Uh, why should you give a shit about wrestling in general then? Uh, I, I mean, hypothetical question, you know. <laughs> Oh, shame, I, like, I like New Japan. Oh, no, I don't give a shit because Vince McMahon doesn't like it. Oh, I really want to see what this AEW... No, actually, Vince McMahon's not involved. I don't give a shit. Anyway, I thought this was uh, arguably match of the night. I thought this was a really, really good match. Uh, these guys deserve to be on the main card over some of the crap that we saw later on. Um, one of my favorite spots of the night came from this match where Akira Tozawa did a suicide dive only to be caught by Buddy Murphy, and then hit a suplex. Without Kira's feet touching the ground, I hasten to add. That was impressive. That sounds um, cool. I, I do want to watch was... this match. I, I, I'm probably going to go back and watch it, and I agree. I'd have rather seen this in the main card than yeah. like Corbin and Braun, but we'll it, get to that. It, it was a 15-minute, typical Buddy Murphy four-star match. Can't complain. Um, yeah, both men were tremendous. Murphy hits the Murphy's Law. One, two, three, it's over. But yeah, there's some fantastic spots in this match. Akira Tozawa was selling really well as well, which I didn't expect from him. I didn't think he would be much of a seller. But yeah, he this is, this is really, really good wrestling. I recommend checking it out. And also, we saw a promo from Kevin Owens on the pre-show. Not that you guys watched it. And he doesn't like pineapple on pizza, even though it's a Canadian tradition. So, guys... Most serious question of the evening. What's your take on pineapple on pizza? It shouldn't work. And I never thought I'd like it, but it kind of works when you have it on there with ham. Mmm. Chen, pineapple... That's my number one topping on a pizza. Your number one topping? It's pineapple on pizza. That's the... When I order a pizza, the first topping I say is pineapple. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's number one on my agenda, but... I can't believe we're unanimous here. I, I'm also a fan of the pineapple and the pizza. I, I guess Kevin Owens is a heel in our eyes. <laughs> wow. I was I was hoping for some pineapple and pizza debate and I didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised too. Yeah. I always get hate. I always get hate for having pineapple on my pizza. No, nah, you get nothing but... You've made up for the fact you didn't watch the Buddy Murphy match. So, uh, congrats, Chen. I, I never order a pizza with pineapple on, but, you know, if it's a case of, oh, we've got pizza laid on and one of them happens to be the Hawaiian pizza, I'll eat it. Yeah, pizza's pizza. I fucking love it, full stop. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Pineapple on pizza is okay. So... Moving on to the main show, and finally you guys can contribute. The Boss and Hug Connection last eliminated Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville inside the Elimination Chamber to become the first women's tag team champions, well, the first in 30 years. Uh, quick breakdown of things, uh, just for you guys uh, listening, if you haven't seen it. Carmella and Naomi were eliminated first. I wonder why. And then the Iconics and Riot Squad were taken out by Nia and Tamina, only for Tamina to get pinned by four other women. And then, of course, we saw Sonya Deville tap out to Sasha Banks' modified bank statement. Question. I think we're going to agree this match is good. But how good was this match is a question I'm asking. So, for me, I was, I've got my notes on this. And it's i don't know if it's four stars but it's definitely nudging four stars i think it was, it was a really good match okay uh chen i'll give it four stars i was entertained from start to finish i 
have to give it three. I think it's. I thought it was a good match, but only when the women started hitting all the finishes. I think the moment that really tipped it from this is quite boring to ah this is getting good was when Sonya Deville hit that spear for the first time. That was an amazing spear. Uh, uh, Sonya Deville was my MVP of the match. I've got to agree. Sonya surprised me. I I thought you know coming in I thought Sonya's full of potential. She's still got a lot to learn, but she's she's quickly proven herself in my opinion to be a future women's champion without a doubt. Uh, whether that be singles competition or tag teams competition, I I thought uh, just a few other spots I liked the double dive pod from the right squad. Did not expect that from them. Did not yeah. expect take that risk. I really like that. Um, yeah, I really like the callback to the, the Sasha Banks Bailey on top of a pod, remarking how Sasha betrayed Bailey and highlighting that journey uh, to becoming a tag team. I thought that was actually really well done. Uh, I thought the Nia spot, <laughs> even though you could clearly tell Bailey was moving out of the way. I, I loved that spot when she when she went through the glass. I think everyone did at that meetup we went to. So yeah, I think those are a few of my highlights. It, it was it was a poor first half. See, I have, but to, it's dis- a very I have good to disagree. Half. I mean, I enjoyed the whole match. I thought it was non-stop action. I don't think the first half was poor at all. I think I, it I was th- interesting to. I mean, watch. I was surprised we had to wait seventeen minutes for the first pinfall. Like they kept the action going, and so maybe that's why you're saying it was a bit slow because there was no pinfalls for that long time. No, I don't mind the first pinfall taking 17 minutes. That's not my issue. I just thought it was very, especially with Bailey and Sasha. Like to begin with, I just thought it was lumbering. They didn't find their feet early on, and yeah, I, I think business only picked up when the iconics got involved, which is surprising because I don't think they're good wrestlers at all. But so, I thought they were great in that match. Um, it's, not roster, it's not their wrestling ability it's their character yeah for yeah, me they but... were a highlight of this match the Iconics I really enjoyed their work in this match um, everything they did from getting in the chamber the, you know the, the backing off and locking themselves back in when Nia Jackson and Tamina came after them that great pin they did the first pin they got on was it Naomi yeah, when they yeah. rolled her up together that was, that was they were just really fun yeah. they, they were like what made this so it summed up this match for me. They were just fun. I, I really did like the pinfall that they had. I think that's my favorite iconic move I've ever seen from them. That's how poor I think they are in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I think they're very entertaining characters. I just don't think they're good enough to be on a main roster. No, but I that's think that's a conversation for another time. We're talking about the chamber. Yeah, there was um, a couple of sloppy moments in the chamber. That's why I'm saying like it might just be four stars. There was it just there's a few like few people got kicked or caught a bit awkwardly. Like, lots of people seem to be grabbing their mouths. It, it got a little bit clumsy at times, and those two were slightly clumsy as well. But I think overall they was they still put up some good moves. I really yeah really enjoyed everything going on here, and iconic for me was like just really cool to watch them. Like everything they did was entertaining. And obviously, I like the destruction that Naya caused in that chamber match. I just anything Naya does is amazing. She was built for this type they, of match. They booked this match really well. I'd, I'd like to know who worked on the, the layout of this match because it mm. didn't go as you expected. I thought, okay, at this point, seventeen minutes in or so, okay, they're filling the ring up so that Jax can come in and kill everyone. And then, because I'd forgot, I thought that was happening. I was surprised when the pinfall happened, but you know, right, right, soon after that, um, it was fun. I don't know if you noticed. They, you know, they, they play fast and loose with the times. I timed a couple of the, the entrance gaps. I think the first couple were about three and a half, four minute gaps. So not five minutes. And then it was about 10 minutes in between entrances. And when we were waiting for Nia Jackson and Tamina to come in, because they were just doing all the spots they had planned in, it seemed. So a couple of funny things there. But the actual <laughs> overall booking and like where, where they, the way they got the different teams in and planned it out and everyone then turning on like Jackson and Tamina, you know, and like Brod, as you said, I love the little reference to Sasha Banks and Bailey and last year's Chamber. They they lingered on that a bit, and the crowd got it. But they were hinting at that and how now they were working together. There's all the little things that worked well. So, based on your argument about what works really well in this match, I'm going to bump my star rating for this match up to three and a quarter. Ah, 
We can, we can argue a lot, ages and just about all the other little points, but look, yeah, look, that. three and a quarter is still yeah. very good. Still very, still good. Like people think, oh, that's shit. No, five stars. You know, yeah. uh, you... five star in my opinion is Omega versus Akada, CM Punk versus John Cena. Those are five star matches. Fair I don't enough. believe in anything above five star. Yeah, fair point. Did you like uh, the ending um, with the use of the leg rather than the arm because of Sasha Banks being injured? That was quite clever. Yeah, yeah, I, that I, was I thought good. that was good. I thought that was good, yeah. So, from one tag team match to another, in what could have been the shock of the night, the Usos defeated Shane McMahon and The Miz to once again become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Are Team Daddy Issues, as I like to call them, going to split this week on SmackDown? I don't think so, yeah. I mean, I don't want them to. I'm really enjoying Miz as a babyface. Everything he's doing, though, congratulating the girls for winning the belts. He's you know, his wife comes out and announces he's having another kid. Um, you know, I think we were joking. I want Shane O'Mac to go heel and turn out that he's the father of the baby. I said it first. I yeah, said I, it I think first. we both had the same idea, I think, at the same time. It's like... to, be, to be honest, to be honest, we all, like, loads of people on the internet had the same idea. I, mean, I don't think we invented it. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I, I'm, I was surprised they've taken... That's a short title reign, wasn't it? They've only held them since, was it Rumble? So it's not yep. long at all. But they've it's had one month. Back. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were going to hold off on this until Fast Lane. So I'm, su- I'm surprised they rewarded Jimmy Uso for his bad behaviour. Yeah, I think they. No, I'm sure they're, they're not too worried about what he's done there. Yeah, but if you think about it, Naomi's the one who got punished in the chamber. She got eliminated first. So... <laughs> oh, the guy gets arrested. Get gets arrested. We must punish the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Man logic. Uh, I think she was the one who they they the police stopped her originally, right? It was just... Yeah, but she wasn't arrested. She's just getting questioned. Uh, the difference. Back, uh, back to the match. Yeah. Um, match. I, I did you. I mean, I, I really like the, the match as well. But did you like at the end again? After you know, obviously they've lost. They lingered again on Miz and Shane for a while with like Miz helping Shane up, then walking to the back with his arm around him. Yep. You were waiting for, is he going to do something? And they didn't do it, but they played with it, which, again, I appreciate. Yeah. I thought they were going to do, like, the Gargano Champa spot. Yeah, that's game. what it looked it like. And I was just like, oh, please don't cheap in that moment. Please don't. So when it just faded black, I was like, ah, that's good. Save it for another time. But um, I, I, did, you, did you like Miz being a babyface? He's doing all the little things. Like, yep. you see, but when, when he jumped into the ring, he springboarded off the top rope and hit a move. And he stood there like, wait, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> That's not what I do. Yeah, I, I'm... So, to the match itself and the Miz's face turn. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the faces, uh, the Miz's face turn. I think he's really entertaining. I've I've actually enjoyed the Miz and Shane McMahon stuff. And I've enjoyed, well, what is their second match as a tag team uh, as well. I thought this was a fun match. It is what it is. It's not going to be... Anything more than a two and a half star, three star match, we kind of knew that. But yeah, I really liked the coast to coast spot where Uso kicked Shane McMahon in the face. I liked the table spot where Shane McMahon dived onto, I think it was Jay Uso. Uh, I thought, you know, what it was. Um, I thought it was a good match. I don't want Mister Turn now. I want him to stay face and fight Daniel Bryan at Mania. I don't think he will. I think I think Shane will turn. I, I think they'd be foolish to turn Miz heel. Miz gets loud reactions regardless, but I think he's capable of being a natural face now. It's funny because obviously it leans into the TV show and a few other things they've got he going on. He has to on. be a face because he's a goofy guy in real life, in, in a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. Mm. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I think same thing. It was, it's only two and a half, three stars, but nothing wrong with that. It was just doing its spot on the card and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Chen, what, what's your star rating? So I can't really comment because I was watching the football game during that match in and <laughs> out. So Chen's but... a much United fan. Boo him. Okay. Boo. We'll move on. But I saw everything else. Okay. Right. No one cares about my United Chen. Um. So from fun to thin. Finn Balor defeated Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley to become the new Intercontinental Champion. I finally spat that out. Finn pinned Rush in the match, so Beefy Lashley got angry. Beefy smashed his sidekick to oblivion. Is this the beginning of the end of the team of Lashley and Leo? Um, if you've seen Raw, it looks like no. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit odd, like what they've done it, there. It kinda reminds me of like an uncharismatic EC three and Rockstar Spud from Impact. Where, you know mm, God that I remember that God that was a while ago. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Recently, Jinder and his Singh brothers when Jinder would abuse the Singh brothers or throw them into like to the to their opponents and stuff. That's yeah. just what this reminds me of. Yeah, but the difference between Jinder and Lashley is Jinder Jinder is a Maharaja. Lashley <laughs> Lashley is only almighty and just, you know, shows his ass. Bobby Astley. <laughs> well, um, as for happy. the match itself, I really enjoyed it. I I'm really glad Leo Rush is doing more and more wrestling on the main roster. So Yeah. Yeah, I I can't remember much of this match to be honest. I thought it was bland. Um I enjoyed it. It was ten minutes. I'm a big Finn Balor fan, so to have him winning the belt means I'm happy. He mm. managed to hit he managed to hit all his signature spots. They booked it out the way they should have done. I mean it's a little predictable with Bobby beating Finn up and then Finn isolating Leo and being able to get some damage done on him. Um but again, another short reign. When did Bobby win the belt? It's not been that long, right? Uh before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah it was between TLC and Royal Rumble. I think yeah, it was so... like early January pinned Dean Ambrose. And I'm glad, that, I'm glad that I'm uh, glad that Bobby Lashley is still technically undefeated for a while now. Even though he lost the belt, he didn't get pinned. Eh, I think it's I, I've already said my bit on Leo and Lashley somewhere in that rant in the new segment, but I think Finn pinning Leo just makes him look weak. Uh, when you guys go to WrestleMania, can you get me Bobby Lashley's autograph if you can, please? No. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not queuing to meet Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay me to spend my time queuing to meet yeah, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, like, yeah, I would want you to pay me eight hundred quid, so I can then potentially meet Becky Lynch with a VIP ticket bought second hand, and then I might consider getting Lashley's signature. <laughs> <laughs> might. Uh... Uh... Yeah, I'm not keen for Bobby Lashley. I, not, nothing personal against Bobby Lashley. I kind of wanted him to have a good IC title run, but um, yeah, I kind of like the decision to put the belt on Balor, put it on a workhorse, and hopefully make the Intercontinental Championship relevant again, uh, considering that the Universal Championship is never to be seen. Yeah, so. I think Finn's a great IC champion. He could be like really iconic doing this for a year. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so after that, in a match that was more mania angle than match, Ronda dispatched a Ruby Riot in exactly 100 seconds. After that, Charlotte and Becky get in the ring, and then Becky lays a beating on Charlotte with a crutch, and then on Ronda with a crutch. I'm going to be honest, I don't know how I feel about this segment. Um, I'm going to let you guys talk first whilst I, well, whilst I you, collect my opinion. You can't really rate the match you know, I think it was good that they got the chance to redo it on Raw, and Ruby got to make do a better yeah. showing. So you knew that she knew that she could have been having that kind of match on the pay per view. It would have been better, but oh well. So you have to ignore the match post match. I think we have to accept we're getting a triple threat Mania now, which I'm still not sure if I'm happy or sad about because it's going to be a really good match. I thought it's funny that Becky stopped selling her limp during the beatdown. She was really beating them up with the crutch, which she wasn't really doing the limp or anything. Uh, but I also enjoyed Ronda when she just stood back and shrugged her shoulders. Like, yeah, okay, you beat her up before Becky then went for her as well. I kind of enjoyed it. It is a bit Stone Cold-esque with her being dragged away by security. I think it's just moving things along. If Stone Cold is a new hope, then Becky Lynch is a force awakens. Mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a Star Wars nerd, so I'm not completely clean on that. Basically, it's a copy and paste. Okay. Are you are you a Star Trek fan? If so, um, get out. I'm more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Boo. Wars fan. Boo. 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 The Force Boo. is not strong with that one. The new, the new series is really good, Discovery. Don't care. Um, yeah, I was obviously... You know, I was telling you, Jason, yesterday that on the road to WrestleMania, I don't expect the main titles to swap hands. Um, so we knew what the result was going to be for this match. But for the match itself to be so short, I was disappointed because I am I love Ruby Riot. I thought, she, you know, she should have still had a 
some time to shine on this pay-per-view, but it was just a squash match. As for the beating itself, I loved it. I just so loved it. I loved the brutality. I loved the violence. Um, also, um, I loved um, Ronda Rousey's outfit, dressing as Sonya from Mortal Kombat. Mm. So and, she's voicing her in the new game. I think that's what's tied yeah, into. Yeah, but even at the end, uh, when you see Ronda's face at the end and she's bleeding on the side of her head, and like you said, seeing Becky being dragged by the security guard is is very. It just reminded me of Stone Cold. It was so badass. So, Rod, you've had our thoughts. Have you composed yourself? So, yeah, liked Becky's Kill Bill get up. I thought that was quite. <laughs> I didn't she, realize that's what it was. I didn't. I didn't click that. That's right. No, it's it's, it's like it's like inverse Kill Bill. Uh, I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but I quite liked it. But I think if it weren't for the fact that her getting dragged away like Stone Cold, and there's all these Stone Cold comparisons, I think I would care about this segment a bit more. It was fine. Um, I'd rather just have a match with Ruby Wright and Ronda Rousey, and then like they had on Raw. Kind of didn't really want to see Becky on the show. I kind of really want them to play up on the suspension angle a bit more. Um, I mean, I'll be fine with it in hindsight if uh, they book Becky versus Charlotte Fastlane off of the off of the beatdown on Sunday in some sort of unsanctioned match. I think that would be pretty cool, and therefore I'd be more fine with it. But I just don't care for the fact that the McMahons are involved. I'm annoyed by the fact that there's these free Becky signs that have just been printed <laughs> to manufacture a pop that doesn't need to be manufactured, fandom that doesn't need to be manufactured. It's so dumb. And for me, WWE are starting to kill the interest of Becky Lynch for me. And this is just one segment where... I, I think a month or two ago, I'd be like, hell yeah. Now I'm just like, yeah. Um, Just two things I wanted to say. So with the beating that Becky gave to Ronda and Charlotte, the only reason I was less impressed than I normally would have been was because it's been done by Oscar with her with the kendo sticks on SmackDown when she was beating Charlotte and Becky. Um, I forgot she existed. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And um, the only reason Charlotte is still involved in this match is because they they want to put this Mania uh, match uh, with Ronda being a face, not a heel. So that's why they're throwing Charlotte in there so she can get all the heat. I just, I yeah, I and I get that, and that's why I think. And Charlotte's a great worker. I still think they're gonna headline with these three, and it's gonna be good. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I just, I mean, the original plan was always to be Charlotte versus Ronda, anyway, right? Yep. Becky just made her way into it, which I'm glad she which, did. I just think, I mean, I I was never against a triple threat match, but the more I think about it, the more of an own goal it appears to be because Ronda versus Becky is the match that people want to see. Charlotte's involvement has legitimately angered people. And I don't know, from my personal perspective, and it's just my personal perspective, um, and this is... A, I'm a defender of the triple threat match. I'm just like, you know what? I'm no longer interested. I I, I really wish I was interested in this match, but mm, they've just killed it for me. They killed it dead. (laughs) Hopefully it gets resuscitated, but eh, I'm sorry. I, I, I really didn't want to say that, but it's just how I feel. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. I don't mean that in a patronising way either. I, I, I'm genuinely glad that people are still looking forward to it, but I just, I just feel it's an own goal. So, speaking of, things getting, speaking of things getting killed, here came the toilet break match. Braun Strowman lost to Baron Corbin due to Baron's ministry of beefness. McIntyre and Lashley coming out and interfering. What was better, the toilet break or the match? I think I went for a toilet break. I can't remember much about this match, but, you know... Yeah, this was the dud. I don't, I don't recall much of this either. And I know I watched it, but I really struggled to recall apart from Drew and Bobby coming out. It's a bit of a funny one. This should have been on the pre-show instead of the cruiserweight match. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Chen. Seriously, guys, this was a toilet break. Fuck yep. off! All right, this anything with Baron Corbin in it is just must-watch for me. 
All right. I loved it. Um, honestly, I, I think with Braun Strowman, his hype is all gone now. It's so funny. I, last year, I thought he should have been the main event of WrestleMania, but he was wasting that stupid Nicholas angle. Now I'm just like, what's, I'm just like, what's there? What is there for Braun Strowman on? Really, nothing. I'm glad, you know, he got the beat down that. Because honestly, if Braun was to win, I wouldn't even care to be honest. It would have gone nowhere. With Corbin being a heel, this just adds more heat on him. Yeah. Especially with McIntyre and Lashley coming out. I don't think it adds anything to anyone. I think the problem is, is not the two men involved. I think, if I'm being really honest, even though I called it the toilet break match, I don't think it was that bad of a match. I think they had some fun spots. I think the I think the steel steps and the two table setup was pretty cool, and using the shield triple power bomb was interesting. I just I'm bored of seeing the four men in the same feud over and over again. I don't understand why Drew McIntyre, who you, who I assume they still want to push, is caught up in a in this being a sidekick to Baron Corbin. It's just it's just. That's just pants. It, yeah, it's a bit funny. I mean, we were joking. I was watching a bit of like a yeah, big boys club in the ring at the moment. They've got all the big, big beefy guys in the ring for you know Vince to enjoy. I wonder if they're going to try and get Drew. And, are we still going to get like Drew and Braun at Mania? Maybe, but you're right. Oh, he made, Drew made a big thing about I'm the, I'm a man standing on my own about Bobby Lashley, and now I'm Baron Corbin's bitch, which is not really where you thought he was. I going just to go think. In. I just think it's not any. Like, I think Strowman is good. He, you know, uh, I think he's just been exposed over the past few months. Um, Corbin is a great heat magnet. There's no two ways of denying it. And I think that is legit, you know, actual heat, not go away heat. I think Drew McIntyre is a very good wrestler. Bobby Lashley, he's fine. It's just, there is no progression. They might as well there just is zero progression. To get You've more literally heat. flattened them out with 50-50 booking that nobody cares about this match. Remember, two months ago, this match, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin, was going to be a TLC match, and that was probably going to main event WWE TLC 2018, not the women's triple threat. People forget that. I'm just I saying. don't think it was ever going to main event that oh, I think it was. I think I it was. I think it was. Oh, no. They weren't that high on Becky. They weren't that high on Becky at the time. Now Vince McMahon is. Apparently, she's a golden girl now. But anyway, that's a sidetrack. That match could have made event at TLC. That's the point. And now we're talking about hmm, maybe that should have been on the pre show. So, anyway from something that is a toilet break match to something that could have been and gone during a toilet break. Here are my four words, gentlemen. Then Lacey Evans appeared. Yeah, I missed this because I actually was going to the loo and I came back and I was like, what did I miss? Oh, Lacey Evans came out and then she went back. Okay. (laughs) Okay. She did a strut and then she walked away. Apparently on Twitter, she defended this by saying, uh... You know, this pay-per-view doesn't deserve me. I'm like, hmm, yeah, you good try explaining that crap away. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really want to talk too much about that, but uh, rubbish. So, lastly, we saw Daniel Bryan, with new entrance and graphics and all, successfully d- defend the WWE World Hempyweight Championship against Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe. But the real headline here is Kofi's magnificent performance. In five days, he had people believing that this was his time. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case, but in a truly touching moment after his defeat, Big E and Xavier Woods showed up and commiserated the veteran in what was a powerful moment. Is this the best final two we have ever seen in an Elimination Chamber match? I have to say yes. Better than Shawn Michaels' Triple H in 2002. I mean, I'd have to go back and re-watch that one. It's been a while. That's the only thing I've, I could think of in terms of what would come close. Daniel Bryan, but, Santino Morella. I'm not yeah, joking. Maybe not. I'm not joking. Um, I'm thinking like the, the original Chamber and the final two would have been up there, but 
I think just watching these two go was amazing. I mean, we talked about it the other week. I'm not, I don't have many chambers I'm a big fan of, and I struggled to pick my favourites. This would be my favourite chamber match of all time. Hmm. Chan? I wouldn't say it was my favourite chamber match, but my God, the storytelling, especially on um, Kofi's part, was so amazing. Like, you actually thought maybe, maybe he could win. Like, everyone at the meetup event especially thought, oh, my God, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. But, um, yeah, I thought it was re- his performance was really, really great. Originally, when Mustafa Ali got injured, I was gutted enough. But, oh, put Andradas in there. And then when they said Kofi, I was like, what, Kofi? Wouldn't be better to put Big E? But, yeah, Kofi, he proved me wrong, especially in that gauntlet match to begin with. And... You know, Kofi's always been super talented and, you know, it, it showed that his storytelling in this match was how good he is with the psychology as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, 11 years in the making is what he said on SmackDown and it kind of really felt like that. And um, so my view of this Elimination Chamber is dampened slightly, not because of the participants in it or the effort put into the storytelling. Unfortunately. I came across a spoiler on Sky Sports News, which said, uh, this is on the news channel, at the bottom right-hand corner, it said, trending stories, and number eight was WWE. Three new champions at Elimination Chamber. Now, one of them would be the women's tag match, but as soon as the Intercontinental and tag team match changed hands, I knew Brian was retaining. But here's a sign of how good this match is. Here's a sign of how good this match is. I ended how up good. believing Kofi Kingston could win, even though I knew Daniel Bryan could win. That's how good of a storyteller he is. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it was a... I mean, the one thing I had... My one negative, I think mean, you've got a negative because of Sky Sports ruining the match, I guess. Mm-hmm. My only real negative was Samoa Joe. Um, yeah. Once again, they build a lot out of Joe. He's a great talker. He looks like a badass. And as I feared, he was the first one to take a pin and be taken out of this match. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just thought the Samoa Joe thing was actually a bit weak. Um, he should have been in it for a little longer. I thought Jeff Hardy or Randy Orton could have gone first and that would have been better. But, um, yeah, I think there were some incredible spots outside of that. Um, Kofi Kingston doing the backward dive, I think, onto Joe and Styles, I think. I can't remember. Oh, he uh, pretty much dropped from the top of the chamber. Yeah. Uh, what about Jeff Hardy Jeff... swan time? Yeah. yeah, that was just about to say that. Hardy it, swan it was funny, but... though. I was watching it and I thought, Jeff, okay, you've done your big move. You can leave now. And it pretty much <laughs> happened right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, I need to rewatch it just because there's certain stuff that I know I missed. But I thought the end, I just thought the final two was so brilliant. It kind of overshadowed what, in a good way overshadowed um what was in the rest of the match going back to one of your points jason saying it's your favorite elimination chamber i have to agree with chen i don't think it's there uh for me but if i had to give this a star rating i'll give it four and a quarter yeah it's, it's easily a four star match if not higher for me um uh, if the women's is a four star match for you surely this is four and a half well i said the women's was nudging four and i wasn't sure if i was going to put it there or not but this is like this is definitely four like you say four and a quarter Definitely in that range. Yeah, it was, it was really good fun. I I had a blast watching this match, and I I, I, I really want to rewatch this one. And I think going back to your point, like um, Chen, you said like everyone was getting into. It. I I thought Kofi at start. I thought there's no way he's doing this. And by the end of it, I along with about thirty people was cheering on Kofi, and we thought this could actually happen. They'll probably take it off him quickly, like at fast lane, but they could actually give him the belt here, and this could happen because it was such a strong final twelve minutes between those two. Yeah, because um, as I was saying, like I said to you yesterday as well, like on the road to WrestleMania, the main titles aren't swapping hands. But then, you know, watching yesterday's match, you actually thought maybe Kofi could win. So kudos to him for telling a great story, him and Brian, when it came to the final two, be- them two being the final two. I think I think what the shocking thing is that they really trusted him to take over Mustafa Ali's spot. Because that would have been Mustafa Ali. 
Well, I wonder how much have they changed this because I can't imagine they would have given them stuff out. Would they give them stuff out of this much? Of a, I think they would have. I'm trying to work out if they, they, re- they rebooked it or they literally slotted him in. Mm. I think they changed it for Cody's sake, especially after the gauntlet match. No, I don't know. I, it's hard. It's hard to, because I think because Ali's pinned the WWE champion before. I think that's probably why I'm thinking, and and apparently Vince McMahon loves Mustafa Ali. I think there could have been a Brian versus Ali match at Fastlane. Um, but yeah, I just think it's very. I just think it would have been interesting to see how that would have played out. But yeah, Kofi, MVP, definitely, without a question. And Brian is a close second because you know he's on the other half telling that story too. So yeah. Just a couple of notes on this. I really noticed during this match, Daniel Bryan, when he started wrestling again, he was smaller than he was at his peak. Does he still look a bit smaller than he was to you? I just look at him and think, okay, he was never a big guy, but he's noticeably to me just a few pounds lighter in terms of like muscle and just overall size. Uh, No, I don't know. So it's just me on that one. And then did you notice Randy Orton's got a few extra pounds around his stomach at the moment? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, he's kind of lost his six pack. I mean, he's still um, in great shape. I mean, I still yeah, wish still I could look like shape. that. But, I wish you know. I looked like him. Well, um, I, I don't really pay too much attention unless it's supremely visible. I don't really care to be honest. Um, it seemed noticeable to me when I was watching. I'd never noticed it before. I was like, oh, because I know Randy said like he hates him to stay in that kind of shape, and he wishes he could change his ring gear. And I was like. Uh, you're getting a bit older. You're not wrestling as much. It, still, I mean, it wasn't like he was like completely out of shape. I, I would great. love to see. I would love to see Randy Orton become like the size of Kevin Owens to see what happens. <laughs> he would enjoy it as well. I, I would love to see Fat Randy, just so I could chat, chant Fat Randy at him, um, <laughs> and Randy also make me feel like, better yeah, about myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I don't really pay too much attention. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was just me. I mean, it's just, I didn't really notice it before. I, I, mean, I will. I will say this: if any one person, speaking of Randy, I think Randy was, apart from that RKO spot on AJ Styles, which is really, really good. I kind of thought to myself, I wish that was Andrade. Yeah, I mean Randy Orton. Like so he he gets in there, he does what he needs to do. He's not going to surprise you or amaze you. He's just mm. solid. Andrade would have been I, a lot more interesting. I, I, I don't have anything against Randy Orton. I think uh, people like to shit on him way too much. I think his feud with Jeff Hardy going back when was great, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to see someone a bit more fresh. I had the same issue with Jeff Hardy, but then Jeff Hardy did the Swanton. I was like, yeah, I'll take it all back. I take it all back. You know, I thought I wanted you retired, but no, no, Jeff, Jeff can still go. That was a six Swanton. I totally understand. You want the new guys to have more of a chance to shine on the main event. It's understandable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a balance of using veterans in the main event to get other people over. Um, but also you kind of want new faces in the main event full stop. So I think on the SmackDown side, they found that balance a bit better than on Raw. So it's way better. Yeah. You know, they've used Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy quite effectively on SmackDown. So it's, it's, it's a minor quibble in what was a really fun match. So, to wrap this up, guys, um, as usual, what is your grade for the show? Who's your MVP? And what was your match of the night? Uh, I'll go first. Yep. I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. B+. Mm-hmm. Plus. Yep. Um, my MVPs are either Sonya Deville or Kofi Kingston. Okay, fair enough. Jason? Yeah, I'm probably going B plus for this, and the main event was the match of the night for me with Kofi being MVP. But the women's match was close behind this, and with Sonya and the Iconics doing very well in that. So, I liked both chambers, uh, both elimination chamber matches. I really liked the pre-show match. On that basis alone, um, I'm giving this a B minus. I think uh, that was enough to carry some of the mediocrity in between the two chambers. Uh, my MVP obviously has to go to Kofi Kingston. And I think my match of the night, I really want to see the Cruiserweight Championship match because it is really good and I recommend people should check it out. Um, but I do have to go for the Elimination Chamber just for the last 11, 10, 11 minutes between Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. I'm not sure if it's 10, 11 minutes, but... 
what those two did was absolutely fantastic. So that wraps up our Elimination Chamber review. Up next is our weekly segment of called The Ring of Dishonor. I got that right. Hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it. Do it now. The Ring of Dishonor. Lastly, it's the return of a weekly segment to close the show, The Ring of Dishonor. For those who haven't joined us on the pod before, it's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter The Ring of Dishonor. The other two people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy enough, to enter The Ring of Dishonor. So, Jason, is a wheel fixed? It's kind of fixed, but it's not going to make any noise. Hmm. Okay. Well, just imagine there's a wheel, ladies and gentlemen, that that makes noise. But, you know, so, Jason, I need you to spin that wheel to see whether myself or yourself have something to submit this week. All right. One sec. Let me just cue. All right. I'm going to spin it now. Let's see what happens. And the winner is me. Oh, Oh, um, just a side note for the new listener, uh, for those new to that, new to our show, uh, Chen is not eligible this week as he put something in last week. So Jason. So I'm going to put one in just because it annoys me. So I think I'm on record. I'm not a big fan of the more hardcore matches anyway, but there's one weapon in particular that annoys me and that's the kendo stick. So, we act like this, the kendo stick is a brutal weapon, and it's now like the default weapon. It's like the weapon of choice now that people happen to find under the wrestling ring. Why there are um, fake like bamboo swords under the wrestling ring, I'm not quite sure, but it's amazing that they must be used in construction of the ring somehow. So those are always turning up. But the whole point of a kendo stick is that it's a safe weapon to use. It's a practice sword, and when it hits you, it actually fans out, so the the like the four panels spread out, spreading the spreading the actual impact, so that they don't actually hurt you very much. They can leave nasty-looking whelks, but they're actually it's such a stupid thing that they don't hurt. And it must be more for me that watches it and goes, "This is like the safest weapon apart from the tin foil trash can is to hit someone with." So it annoys me that they've become the weapon of choice. Um, I'd rather they didn't use weapons or at least come up with two by fours or something because it just annoys me every time i see someone selling that thing because it just looks stupid that would be my entry this week kendo sticks hmm shall i go first do it so i love the kendo sticks i love i like the sound they make when they hit against someone's flesh um i see no problem with it i i think it can be used in many creative ways and hence why i have no issues with it i do do agree they can break easily but they can still do a lot of damage and leave marks on on people's flesh yeah i think it's naive to say um kendo sticks don't hurt i mean when people practice it they use armor so um i don't think they don't hurt i um Honestly, I don't really have an issue with the kendo stick, so... Would you rather they used kendo sticks or, say, gimmicked baseball bats or 2 by 4s Things you're more likely just to find in an arena than why, a Japanese why, sword. Why, why would you find a baseball bat in, <laughs> <Not> st- in, <laughs> in a basketball arena? Like <laughs> Mainly because lots of Americans play it and you can buy a baseball bat any, any, but like, you wouldn't find in that any in... road in America. You'd find it in any road in America, therefore it must be under a ring. I'm just, I'm like, that, by, I'm by that logic, all no, weapons my, under the I'm ring are stupid. Everything under the ring is stupid. That's <laughs> yeah, not... it, it is. So what, what do you think of Triple H's sledgehammer? See, that is slightly different because he clearly Why placed is that different? it there. He placed it there as Supposedly. a signature weapon. Wrestlers look for something and they find kendo sticks. 
if they found a two by four, it would make more sense. Yeah, honestly, I think you're clutching at straws, um, or uh, kendo sticks. That didn't really work. But yeah, I don't know. I just no. I I I I'm not really buying into your argument. Yeah, and the whole baseball thing, that's just a sting gimmick. No other wrestler should really use that. And kendo sticks are perfectly fine, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, like I said, it depends how creative you are with the weapon. So, so what do you think of like, road signs under the ring when they're, whenever they're used? Because, you know, that or some trays or whatever. Like, Are they just as dumb? I could have expanded to include all the other items, but it was kendo sticks in particular. Yeah, well, you know. I think if we should have like a predictions punishment, loser gets hit by a kendo stick. <laughs> Just to see how much it would hurt. <laughs> Jason, like, where were you going to find one? Just like randomly under the ring or like at your Funny enough, Jason, there's one under my bed right now. Like, <laughs> grass, You're right? revealing way too much about your personal life. <laughs> yeah, you know, m- most single men have other things stashed under the bed. Me, just kendo sticks. Anyway, fucking hell. Well, I didn't expect that to go off topic. So, Chen, do do you want to get uh, judge on the voting, or do you have anything additional to say? No, uh, I have nothing else to say. So, and I I vote that Kendo sticks stay. I love yeah, them. Yeah, Kendo sticks are not entering the ring. Just on a Jason. I'm sorry. Well, I figured you guys wouldn't have any taste. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I got to defend Charlotte uh, Charlotte Flair's new boyfriend Ken. So you know, SmackDown reference. Oh shit! Anyway, there you have it. That is the latest thing. I need to, I need to add a tumbleweed effect, just like <laughs> rolling along through that. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, someone laughed. If you did laugh, let us know. Uh, holy shoot, pod. Anyway, that's it for another week. Uh, next week, join us for more build to the road to WrestleMania. But that's all from us here at Holy Shoot. We hope you enjoy the show and remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets and give us some follow on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod and like us on Facebook. Now that's the bottom line because this pod said so. Burn out, down.